With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO with you for the next couple of hours every 10 to noon, Monday through Friday here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. It's a Monday. We're going to spend, oh, the first half hour of the program recapping uh, the weekend. Cubs got a big, much-needed win as they prevented the sweep uh, yesterday in Milwaukee. We'll do that. We'll do the Twins, whose bats continue to, well, they just continue to rank taking two or three no three or four it was a four game series as it started on thursday night but three or four from the white Sox. both cubs and twins are uh, off tonight uh matt snyder coming up cbssports.com at 10 30 bottom of the hour maybe a couple of minutes past we will take a look ahead to wednesday uh we'll take a look back to see where we are as far as the standings two games separate the indians uh and the twins as they begin another week in the 11 o'clock hour we'll play the hits the clones and the hawks dylan Monts on iowa state at 11 15 and then scott dockerman Our friend from The Athletic uh, stops by at 11.35. It's a Monday. We are underway. How was your weekend, Trent Condon? Busy. Busy one. And uh, finally got the crib put together. Got the big girl bed made. We're off and (laughs) running. For the other one, and uh, here we go. The big girl bed has been made. <laughs> it has been made. Put that thing together, and we are ready for baby boy here. Uh, Coming up in... About three weeks. What is the official date? Don't you have a... The 21st is when she is scheduled to go in for the C-section. So Wednesday, August 21st, you'll be running things solo. Okay. You can handle it. I can. It's a great time of year to be solo. Anytime from maybe yes. August through the end of... Uh... Well, you know, any look at um, basketball season follows football season. That's a blast too. Yeah, we're about to embark here on a really good uh, what nine months, if you want to call it that span. We're not autopilot, but certainly uh, when the uh, college sports are in focus, particularly football and men's basketball, uh, makes things a whole lot easier from where we sit. Uh, looking forward to talking baseball today with Matt Snyder. We saw some moves yesterday. Marcus Stroman goes to the Mets. I'm not sure I understand that one. The Mets. Um, I mean, I don't know. I thought that he would go to a contender. I don't foresee the Mets being one of those. But, you know, let's start with the Cubs and the Brewers. Then we'll segue over to the Twins. Angel Hernandez making, uh, putting himself in the headlines and certainly on Twitter again for his performance uh, from behind the plate. What does he have on Major League Baseball? You don't think he's very good, huh? Well, come on. Is anybody? <laughs> no, no, I don't think anybody's uh, singing the praises of Angel Hernandez. It's a good question. Get he in that sued. Job. Did, did he not sue? He did. He did, okay. He sued Major League Baseball within the last couple or three years. And I don't know if it was, I can't recall if it was age discrimination. Okay. If it was a race thing because he's Hispanic. It was something, you know, I'm going to Google it. 
Angel you're, you're, Hernandez. You're faster at Google than I am. Okay, all right. Angel Hernandez sues MLB. Well, whatever they have, uh, he has on Major League Baseball trend. This is a guy that's way past his prime and has been way past, well, I don't know if he had a prime, uh, but he's just an awful umpire. Um, and uh, again, um, and hats off to Steve Stone for calling it like it is. Although I think that the pitch that Renteria got uh, subsequently would get tossed on and mm-hmm. he would come out and argue that 3-2 pitch that was that he rang up. I can't remember who it was that was at the play. But it was a big spot, sixth inning, and the uh, White Sox, who were, who were getting beat pretty badly, looked to try and put something together. But, it, look, it was, it was clearly ball four, but uh, Hernandez rung him up. I'll take it though. Yeah, of course. You're get it done. Get it done. Win three out of four. Do what you're supposed to. And and now they go to Miami, and they're supposed to win that series coming up here. The next off tonight, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is yes. a three gamer. Three gamer against the uh, the Marlins, and then after that is Kansas City. So after the last couple of weeks, I've been complaining about the Indians seemingly playing the Tigers. Who get the Astros. This the Royals, week, by the way. Now it starts to flip back the other way. You look at the schedule, kind of in thirds. The first third, the Twins actually did have a really easy schedule. In comparison, it's much more difficult here in the middle, and then at the end it gets easy. Opposite for the Indians. Early on, pretty difficult for the Indians. Here this middle part has been a joke, and at the end it gets more difficult for them. So it sets up in a way, not no excuses, not going out in another 3-3 three and three week. It's not about being 500 this week. It is about going out, right. winning 5 out of 6, yep. maybe sweeping both the if you now just well, certainly lead, four out of six, you have to do that. You have to win these series. Well, how about this? I just found. I just googled uh, Angel Hernandez. He did sue Major League Baseball on the grounds of uh, alleging racial discrimination. You know who wrote the piece for CBS Sports? Matt Snyder. Matt Snyder, who we have coming up at the bottom of the hour. So this, well, not timely per se, because the lawsuit was filed uh, way back in 2000, way back in 2017. But I knew there was something there, and, mm-hmm. and I wonder, maybe that has something to do with it. I, I Good. There, there has to be something, Trent, is, is my point, for this guy to continue night after night, seemingly, uh, to inject himself right in the middle of a baseball game. You know what? You do your job. Uh, we don't want to be talking about you. We want to be talking about the play on the field, yet seemingly, whether he's at the plate, whether he's at first, whether he's at second, doesn't matter. He, wherever they park him, he's going to miss a call or two. A year ago, during the playoffs, CC Sabathia was calling him out. He said, quote, I don't think Angel Hernandez should be umpiring playoff games, unquote. He's right. He's absolutely terrible. He was terrible behind the plate today. He was terrible at first base. It's amazing. How he's getting a job umpiring in these playoff games? Yeah, from the play. Good for you, CC Sabathia. You're you're saying what all the other players in MLB feel. Uh, anyways, uh, you know you're, you're the Twins Indians race. I saw a stat over the weekend. Let me find this out. That, okay, uh, this, it was a pretty good one. How far back the Indians were on a particular date, and I want to get it. Uh, June the fifteenth, Cleveland was eleven and a half games back, right before. Right, well, a couple weeks before the break, but yeah, and they chipped away yep. and chipped away, and they chipped it to one. Right, it was within one at Yesterday, some point this uh, weekend. Saturday, Sa- after Saturday's games, it was down to one. Right, and then the Twins win, and the Indians lose, and Trevor Which was Bauer my highlight of the of the weekend. Yes, Trevor Bauer. That was unbelievable. Chucking the ball yeah. into center field as he's getting pulled from the. Game. Did you read Francona's lips as he was walking to the mound? Yes. I mean, and good for him for saying that. I'm uh, going to guess it's not the first time he's uttered those words well, to no. Trevor Bauer either. No, because and, and this is kind of his uh, M.O., right? This is yes. how we – Trevor Bauer, good player, but boy, he's a – He's you know, a pain. Between the years, um, this guy's uh, 
Yeah, not certainly yesterday, Trent. That mm-hmm. was I've never seen that before. Never seen no. it before. Nobody has. Boy, the second baseman flinching because yes. he didn't know where the hell that ball was going. Um, but he apologized after the game. He said it was. He said all the right things after the game. I, I give him credit there when he realized he'd uh, really, you know, crossed the line. Said the right things. But look, Kansas City. Um, there's not going to be a lot of uh, highlights in, <laughs> from their games over the weekend. But yesterday, at least for. All the wrong reasons we were talking about a Kansas City Royals home game just that happened to be the, the opposing pitcher was making a fool of himself. Trevor Bauer is incredibly talented. Yes, he's great. He is one of the people that was at the forefront of the kind of new age of pitching. He went down, I can't remember the name of the place, but it is a baseball factory where An they academy? go. Academy? Yes, they, they figure out spin rates, these types of things. Boy, spin rates a, is a big, big, big this, number right now, isn't it? The Astros were one of the first teams to do that, to look at pitchers and, oh boy. Yeah. In fact, when they got Ryan Presley a year ago from the Twins, it was, eh, he's been kind of just a middling, middle reliever. We look at the spin rate and we yeah. think he can turn out to be great. I heard the same thing when reading about the two kids that the Jays got for Stroman yesterday. Spin His rate. record is awful, but they're really pumped up on a spin rate. Really? Okay. That, that's. I but, know. And if you can hone that spin rate and guys that can spin it in that way, you can make a great pitcher mm-hmm. out of these guys. And this is what more and more front offices continue to look for. But Trevor Bauer, remember, he was the guy that had the drone injury. Mm-hmm. Yep. He And people have wondered, why were they trying to trade him this offseason? Boy, look, coming into the year... Not only were they the runaway favor in the American League Central, but the top-end talent on that team, of course, before the injury right. to Kluber, and though he's going to be back, he had that. He had frontline guys, Lindor and Jose Ramirez. These guys are MVP candidates. Why are you looking to trade number 2 pitcher? It doesn't make any sense because there's a lot he's more a to Trevor case. Bauer. Yes, just just that right arm. You saw it yesterday. You don't see that little. Never seen it. You never seen it before. You don't see a 11-year-old that doesn't have the emotional maturity right. to be able to hand being pulled from a game. But you see this from a major league pitcher, a talented you know major what? league pitcher. I agree. I, I have to give him a little bit. of. He called himself childish yesterday. He ca- called it a selfish, childish act, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Now, again... His his manager had taken it called him to the carpet. His teammates were none too happy, so maybe it was easier for him to fall on the sword. But he met the media. He said all the right things. Um, we'll see if he's an Indian after Wednesday. But he always does that. I mean, going back to the drone incident when they were in the playoffs. Yes, and he's screwing around with the drone. And he slices up his finger and he tried to go and he's bleeding all over the mound. And yep. he said the right things afterwards, but... You could see the blood dripping down yes, off of yes. his finger. It, didn't it get all over his leg? Yes, his it pant did. Leg? Absolutely did. But that's what he does, because he doesn't think. He doesn't He doesn't think big picture, and sometimes that emotion's a good thing, but not usually in baseball. That's more of a football thing, where you got those guys that are loose cannons, but you can find a way. Not so much for a pitcher. And that's why, yeah, he might not be around come Wednesday, even though they are two games back of the center. They hold the first wild card. They're playing great baseball, but a guy like that becomes too much. And, and you saw it from Frank Cohen, as he said, for the quote as he's coming out there. What are you doing? What the? Well, you, mi- you missed a word. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing you missed it because we can't say it here. <laughs> that is exactly what you get with Trevor Bowie. You get a great right arm. You also get a knucklehead. Yeah, That's what he do. is. He, he was yesterday. All right, the Brewers and the, and the Cubs over the weekend. And once again, Trent, it's the Cubs bullpen mm-hmm. uh, that continues to make you scratch your head if you're rooting for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Kyle Hendricks on, on Friday, 
John Lester on Saturday. Neither one of those starters gave up a, a run of any kind, earned or not, uh, while they were out on the uh, where they were on the mound. Um, turn it over the bullpen. You could see it coming. It did again. I thought Al Moore's pinch hit in the tenth inning on Saturday night was going to propel the Cubs to victory. But you know, here comes the uh, the closer that they paid all that money for uh, that they brought in in the beginning of the year. And Craig Kimbrell is. That's kind of Kimbrel, though, isn't it? I think back to last year, and he was phenomenal, uh, certainly in the World Series. But his body of work in the regular season, if memory serves, kind of he left you wanting more. He was very shaky. What was the series in the playoffs that he really struggled? And he got out of a couple of... It wasn't the World Don't Series. Remember. Maybe it was the CS, but there was a couple of times he got himself in trouble but was able to get and out of it. That was Astros, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That, that sounds right. But he... Has given up two home runs in an inning for the first time as a closer. Uh-huh. So is that the good news or the bad news? That he's doing things... Well, he's facing Yelich right off the bat, yeah, and that's yeah. no picnic. I mean... Second pitch, bomb. We're gone. Just... Boy, he's good, isn't he, Christian Yelich? You know, speaking of uh, speaking of bombs and that, I thought Len Casper yesterday. You usually... And see if you can dig up the, the Schwarber, the Grand Slam. Yeah. You know, you usually got announcers, and you can hear the ball, you know, ball meat bat, and then you can hear... You're almost... Hear the announcer, you know, he's, he's filling as he's not sure yep. if the ball's going to clear the fence or not, uh, and he doesn't want to blow the call. Listen how quickly Len Casper is willing to put this out on a limb. Grand Slam, 4 nothing Cubs. Schwarber! Grand Slam! 4 nothing. That ball barely cleared the second baseman when he realized that this thing's Man, did he crush that ball. And here's Kyle Schwarber again, right? Uh, Kyle Schwarber has one good day in a week. Mm -hmm. and But when he has a good day, my God, it's so fun to watch. His three-run homer, Trent, I thought it was maybe going to land in front of the left fielder when it first left. You know, that ball's going to drop. Well, it dropped over the fence. I mean, that, I guess it's strength, right? It's brute strength. But he got the ball seemingly off the bend, uh, end of the bat. He did so seemingly with one hand. And it's a three-run shot. He's driven in seven. Um, it's Kyle Schwarber in the eight hole, I remind you. That's what you get out of him, right? We've seen different lineups this weekend. Did you like some of the shuffling that you Yeah, saw? I did. Uh, Contreras up in the lineup. Gar- Robel Garcia. Uh, batting, uh, batting leadoff. Ian Happ, by the way, didn't get a hit. He played, uh, he played every game, started every game, uh, for the Cubs and was hitless Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So one part of the Claxons equation from this past weekend was will Ian Happ get a, an extra base hit? Well, he didn't even get a hit of any kind. He didn't, but he walked. He walked a few times and scored a couple of runs. He did. Yeah. And in fact, I saw every time that he walked, the Cubs ended up scoring a did run they, that inning. I knew they did. He did both because he was on base both times in front of Schwarber's home mm-hmm. runs yesterday. So um, I didn't know that about the other ones. But he didn't get productive outs. Yeah, and, I guess uh, production there. So yeah, he walked one time on Saturday, three yesterday. How many did Bryant strike out over the weekend? Do you know? Can you find? It seems like like Chris Bryant is in a. Uh, He's not seeing the ball well. And I don't know what it was, but he struggled mightily in Milwaukee. I'm going to say, I don't know the number. I'm going to say he struck out five times Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Milwaukee. I think it's a bunch. You'd be low. I would be low. How many times again? Six. Six times. Six times. He struggled. He One, struggled. three, and two over the three-day yeah. series. Yeah, there you go. After coming in incredibly he was hot. hot. Yes. Well, he got hurt, remember? And then he, he was. We weren't sure if he was going to play, and he mm-hmm. was in the lineup on Friday. But, yeah, he struggled 
at least uh, in the batter's box. He was good at third base or wherever they probably had him in the outfield, I think, one of those games. But, look, starting pitching was terrific. Quintana was not happy when he came out yesterday and was unable to, what, get four and two-thirds, mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, before Madden replaced him. But through four, this dude was just cruising along. He'd thrown 47 pitches, but he's always got one of those bad innings, right? And I think it corresponded yesterday with second time through the lineup. They started to figure Q out, and uh, Joe Madden decided, you know, He's seen enough, and he went to the bullpen. I think it was probably the right move. Brad Brock, we found the role for him. Come in at the end of the fifth inning, get one out, and And leave. Right. (laughs) Get Get the hell out out of here. You know who's been really good for this team is Ryan. Yes. The left-hander. Yeah. He's another guy that kind of has some funky movement to his pitches, too. He's yeah, a good player. He's a he's kind of a bigger dude, too. At least he seems like that. Yeah, he's 6'5", 215 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a big guy, but no, he's Kyle Ryan's been terrific uh, in his role as of late. Well, we'll see. There's It's a big weekend. I know that the Twins are actively pursuing some guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't they get him? Oh, they Sergio Moromo. Sergio Romo, yes. The, four, the guy that ushered in the opener era. In Major League Baseball with the Rays a couple of years ago. Is that right? Was he the guy? He was the I guy. I didn't realize that. Now, this, he did say that he's willing to start a game in his yeah. press conference, so maybe, so maybe that's why. That's where it came from. Okay. He was with the first guy that kind of started to do that at a regular basis, and he was really good at it. Now, this isn't the same guy he was when he was in his 30s, you know, mm-hmm. early 30s. He's right. 36 now, but his win probability added incredibly high for an awful Marlins team. To yeah, do that terrible. on a bad baseball team is difficult to do. He's not very good anymore against lefties compared to once he what he once was. He's a he throws that frisbee, that big slider that starts at the ear hole and ends out against a right hander and ends mm-hmm. up in the other batter's box. How many rings does he have? Three. He's got all three. He's got I, all three I, I with he, the Giants. Two. Wow. He's he was a closer for one yep. of those years yep. and was a setup man for out. Look, if you're expecting this guy to be locked down, dominant guy, I don't think he's that at this point mm-hmm. in his career, just because of the splits anymore. As I mentioned, against the left-handers, but. He gives flexibility now to this bullpen where you don't, all right, Rodgers, if you need to, you can go with him a little bit mm-hmm. earlier in the game. They got some tough lefties coming in. You go Rodgers, you go that direction. The Twins still need another lefty in that bullpen. Then I still feel another right-handed arm. They, uh, what, they sent down Blake Parker, who didn't yeah, get picked up on, on waivers. Thursday night, right, or Thursday or Friday. Yep. So he's got the option now if he's going to take the call down to Rochester and try to work things out there. Uh, they also have former Indians reliever, that they picked up off the scrap heap a couple months ago, kind of hoping for something from him. But they still need a right-hander and a lefty, I think, at the very least in that bullpen. And the Cubs also made a move. They finally yeah, got Derek their lefty. Well, you know what? It's so far, so good. I mean, um, he was thrown in more of a pressure situation on Saturday, and he got his one batter. He pitched mm-hmm. the ninth inning yesterday. Had a couple of really hard-hit balls, but they were right at Javier Baez, and the other one was, uh, I think the game-ender was to Chris Bryant, uh, and it was hard-hit as well. But I don't know if that's necessarily the last move we're going to see. We do know that Zobrist is coming back, by all accounts. Yes, uh, Ben Zobrist and uh, Theo announced that. Uh, prior to the Milwaukee season, our series starting on Friday night that uh, Ben Zobris has decided he's going to return to the team late August, early September. So that'll be a bump, I would think, uh, when his teammates, because he's a pretty popular dude in the clubhouse and a veteran presence, and they could put him at the top of the lineup and you can move him around throughout the lineup. So, and he's clearly got playoff experience, got a couple of World Series rings, Royals and Cubs. So that'll be. You know, in uh, at a time where there is no picking up these guys, unless you pick up your own guys uh, after after July thirty first, because after Wednesday, that's it. That's it. There's no waiver wire this year. I don't think I like it. 
At least right now. I'm anxious to see it. By the way, speaking, of, I don't think I like it. You know what I watched on Saturday afternoon after I told you I'm not even going to watch another minute of it now that my my Iowa United team has been knocked out? Well, the basketball <laughs> tournament. I did. Did I you did. see Zubin afterwards? He uh, no, was anchoring was things. He? Yes. I turned it off. Was he really? Yep. He was anchoring after kind of in between the 3 o'clock game and the 5 o'clock game. So and that's I was watching. where I would have turned it. Yeah. I texted uh, Zubin. He had a really good explanation of the Elam rule. As he you know explained what, it to the to the viewers, I know it takes away the buzzer beater, and you're 100 percent right. And that's something I don't think the I don't think basketball fans have caught on to that yet. Mm-hmm. Unless you and I are completely wrong, but I don't see how the how buzzer beater can be a part of it. Right. I don't. I mean, outside of a shot clock, and you're right. coming out at the end of that. But yeah, there's no buzzer beater. But what was the game? It was tied. I think it was that three o'clock game. Yeah, Saturday. it was. It was the aftershocks. Yeah, and, and uh, some pancreatic cancer team. They were right. dressed in purple. And um, it was tied up, and it was a game winner, but not a buzzer. Okay, so that wasn't it. Okay, then, that was the aftershocks was, were down. So maybe I watched. Was it on at one? Maybe I was watching earlier. Okay, but I watched the end of the aftershocks uh, game just because uh, I like you know the, the, a lot of those Wichita State dudes you've seen yes. forever, right? Yes. Um, but the Elam ending, I kind of like it, with the exception of the no buzzer beater. I don't mind it. You know, if it came to college basketball, yeah. I don't think that I would sit and stomp my feet and get on Twitter and say, what are you doing to the sport that I love? It's not awful, but your point's well taken. It does remove, you know, a crowd moment, especially for the home team, right? To watch that buzzer beater in their building, it does take away from that. You miss that part of it, and it just, it still feels clunky to me. It just, it doesn't feel right now. Watching basketball for as long as I had, that's probably a part of it. Was well, yeah, because it's new, right? Yeah, yep. old, old man afraid to change. That's mm-hmm. what I'm becoming, and, yep. and we all get to that point. I think it's some. Um, you're more willing. You're more. Ad- you're more adaptive than I am. I think I'm, I'm yeah, getting it's kind of strange. I am, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're Robo Umps. Mm-hmm. You're Elam Elam ending. You're yep. all about these different things. I, on the other hand, I can't get into it. It just it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Do you I like play the, pickup ball? Do you like the four quarters in the men's game? A I lot, do. Yes. Do you? I do. I college bat men's college right. basketball right. is the only right. You're right entity anymore that plays mm-hmm. two halves as opposed to four quarters. Yep. Anywhere from when you start playing basketball at a competitive level yep. all the way through, you get to college and it changes. Then if then you're lucky right enough back. to go back to the, you know, go on to the next level, or you go somewhere else, Europe or you or, go to Europe. Yeah, it's you're you're going back. or you're playing in the G League I or know. anywhere else yep. except for me, the women. They play mm-hmm. quarters again. Yep. They went there a couple years ago. The men though stay with those. 20-minute has Any reason? Do you know the justification behind it? I don't. I don't either. And a lot of people want him to go to quarters. Yes. A lot of people want him to go to quarters. I don't know. I like the 40-minute game. Yeah. I do. You can still do it. I know, tens. Yep. Tens. Yep. Very um, simple. All right. Well, um, the wheel ending was fun. I like it. So we buried the lead. What is the lead? Well, it's something that we have talked about here, but became official oh the august 15th august 15th here we go now, the rules did they have they passed uh i believe they are talking. today is the day yes yeah. is when things are going well through. we we mentioned last week that the date had been moved from the 12th of august to the 15th of august uh, and if you listen to the program you heard that last week but it became official today uh that it sounds like noon on august the 15th so two weeks from thursday by the way this thursday is nfl football oh yeah um 
the Hall of Fame game. But yes, August the 15th, it will be official. Noon, you and I will be getting off the air. Mm -hmm. You'll be racing. Oh, yes, I will. Racing with your ID in hand, a little cash in your pocket to make that deposit, to get in line and to sign up for your account. And you'll be able to fire, I guess, right, right away. Right away. So I can make maybe a wager plus add to my mobile account at the same time. We're going to have to find out these things, too. Is no, it, you can bet. Yeah, you'll be able to bet a game over the counter, plus you'll be able to bet on your mobile At app. the same station? Yes. Is that how it'll be set up? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I know how it's done at the property, the company that I work for, mm-hmm. but I, I shouldn't speak for everybody, so therefore I won't. Uh, speaking of over-under totals, Chris put out his best bets in the Big 12 today at CycloneFanatic.com. Mm-hmm. It's a good read. Yeah. It, it's a good read. I um, He texted me, asked me what I thought, and I thought that... Um, you know, I not not a disagreement. I kind of uh, went the other way on TCU, and and I'm with him on Iowa State. I think the numbers bang on at eight. If it, if you think it's bang on at eight, why wouldn't you take a shot at the over then? Because I I don't see them losing five games. I don't. If they lose four games, you get your money back. Mm-hmm. If they if they're better than you thought they were going to be, it's almost like. Free money? I was going to say I can't lose, but you can always lose. You can always lose. Uh, just real quick before we go to break, and then we'll get Matt Snyder on here. Um, Dennis Albon, Jason Luch, they got a legitimate racehorse on their hands. Oh, really? Legitimate racehorse. How old? Two years old. He's just oh. a two-year-old. He's ran for this. Well, for the first time, he ran in a race at Churchill Downs, and the jockey fell off. So that you know counted, yeah. but for the most, I mean, he 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 um, won his race by twenty lengths. Whoa! Now they're throwing him into the deep end of the pool. They're taking him to Saratoga against the best. But my God, what an eye-catching performance! Horse's name is Dennis's Moment, named after Dennis Albaugh. And I, you know, it's it's too early to get Derby fever. But I wouldn't be a bit surprised at all if it's running rampant through Ankeny right now. Okay. In those two houses, because this thing, holy mackerel, what a beast. So you're saying maybe I should start making my preliminary plans? You know, or, or that, or the first the ever futures. trip to the Derby 2020? Not a bad idea. I mean, it's a long way to go. And these things, you got to put them in bubble wrap when they're not uh, on the track, right? Yeah. Because they seemingly just the flukiest injuries. Uh, so, but Dennis's moment, remember that name. He is a. Hey legitimate star. At least he certainly looked like this this past Sunday. Uh, coming up at 11 o'clock, I want to get in, before we get to our uh, college football pro, uh, part of the show, NCAA released its official top 25. When has the NCAA started doing this? Well, it's NCAA.com. This isn't a group of writers or anything like that, I don't believe. I so think... NCAA.com is different from the NCAA? Well, Andy Katz, right? He, he puts out his Super 36 yep. or something for college basketball. It's yep. just his opinion. It's on NCAA.com. So who signs his checks? Who hired him? Dot the, com or the NCAA? I think it's the same entity. Right. But he is working for the NCAA. I don't think you're going to see any cats anymore ripping college basketball no. for a decision. No, I don't think so either. Look where your checks are. <laughs> right. This is the same type of thing, I uh-huh. would guess, where it's... Their college football writer came up with this top 25. This is one so man's So this opinion. is the football Andy Katz, you think? That's what I would guess, yeah. This Did is. you spend much time on it? I just I mean, saw it. I, I looked at it because it was the first one. Yeah, it, but it was, what, Iowa 18? Iowa's 18, Wisconsin yes. 16, 16, that jumped out. Nebraska 20? To Nebraska is 20. There is no Iowa State No Iowa included. State either. Northwestern is one of, would be the fourth team from the Big uh, Ten West. Um, let's spend some time on it at okay. 11 o'clock. 
All right. Uh, before we get to Dylan Montz mm-hmm. and then to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We'll get to Matt Snyder next. Baseball conversation. Let's start with Angel Hernandez and the piece that he wrote, the lawsuit that was filed by Hernandez two years ago. Is this, is this have a lingering effect on why this guy continues to have a job? Wouldn't be surprised. We'll talk to Matt Snyder, CBS.com, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Flash cam. Mason coming KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, talking baseball here in about uh, 30 seconds or so. But we're inviting you to tune in tomorrow morning. Uh, we know most of you will. The uh, morning rush continues to put up huge, huge numbers. Uh, tune in tomorrow morning at 7.30. A special announcement. A uh, huge event is coming up at the end of September. All the details tomorrow at 7.30 sharp on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what it is. No, but, um, they didn't even fill yeah. us in. Got to be big. Big announcement tomorrow at 7.30. Let's get Matt Snyder. When we anticipate there'll be some big announcements, pursue it to some big-name MLB uh, players changing cities. But that in a second, Matt uh, Trenton Ken, thank you for coming on, Matt Snyder. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing fine. You know where I want to start? And Trent and I were talking about Angel Hernandez, and then we got to thinking, you know, I'm pretty sure he filed a lawsuit uh, a couple of years ago. It's Major League Baseball, so we Googled it, and the first story that comes out, great placement on Google, by the way, <laughs> uh, is yours uh, from Angel Hernandez suing MLB for alleging racial discrimination. That back in July of 2017. Trent and I were trying to find a reason, Matt, why Major League Baseball continues to employ Angel Hernandez, who seemingly whether he's got the plate or whether he's at first, second, or third base. Uh, he gets. I mean, every time, <laughs> there's hardly a night where he works that Angel Hernandez isn't part of the conversation. Why? What came of the lawsuit, and do you think that has something to do with their reluctance to cut ties with clearly Major League Baseball's worst umpire? I haven't heard uh, what, what came of the lawsuit at all. I, I assume nothing. Otherwise, we, we would have heard that they won or there was some kind of settlement. Um, so I, I assume that nothing really came of it. Um, I, I don't think that they they would continue to employ him just because of the lawsuit to placate him or anything. I mean, if anything, it would give them grounds for dismissal if they won the lawsuit and, and he continued to kind of be a problem. Um, so I, I don't. I don't have a good answer as to how he still is employed, but he's not good. No, he's awful. I mean, Joe West and him seemingly are the two. Uh, bad up I, Joe I, West. Can, uh, West. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't make sense. Anyways, um, and CC Zabathia's Trent found a quote from last year, just you know, incredulous. Why does this guy get uh, postseason work? Is is beyond him. I think it's beyond every Major League Baseball fan that's out there. All right, so let let's move on. Uh, trade deadline is Tuesday. Uh, I don't get Stroman to the, to the Mets unless they're building for next year, and I know he's under contract for another year. Um, full disclosure, I'm a Blue Jays fan. I'm going to miss Marcus Stroman. He's one of the few guys that you can remember from well, going all the way back to last year <laughs> before they gutted that team. But Stroman to the wet Mets. What were the Mets thinking? What's the thinking behind this? Is seemingly they got too many teams in front of them to be a wild card contender, I would think. Well, yeah. 
you have to put yourself from the perspective of the Wilpon family who own the Mets, and they're delusional, and they always think that they're going to win. So that's that's the first step. Remember, in the offseason, Ben Sherrington, who was the Red Sox GM the last time they won the World Series, uh, no, that's not true. They won it last year. In 2013, Ben Sherrington, when they won the World Series, Ben Sherrington was the Red Sox GM. He interviewed for the job. He was about to get it. And the Wilpons asked him what his route was going to be, and he said he's going to tear it down and rebuild, and that's why they did not hire him. They went to find somebody who would do whatever they said, and they wanted to do it. So that's how they ended up with BVW. And uh, this is what they do. They're perpetually trying to go for it. I do think that they're going to tweak the, the rotation. Uh, this means either Wheeler or Noah Centergaard or both go, but they're still kind of not giving up on this season while looking ahead to next year. And apparently they think uh, Stroman over Centergaard is an upgrade. Um, I, I think that Syndergaard has a lot more upside than Stroman, but maybe they think Syndergaard's uh, a change of scenery guy. Um, and, and really, I, like you said, I love Stroman. I, maybe he injects life into the team. I, I Just watching him pitch, he has so much fun out there. He's mm-hmm. kind of cat-like running around the mound. Uh, and maybe he, he injects life into the team, but I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's more just them being delusional. So another name out there here on the local front, Matt, know you're a Cubs fan, Jonathan Villar, who's bounced around a bunch of different places, helping maybe with the infield after Addison Russell got sent down. Orioles is where he is right now. Him and the Cubs in general, what do you expect out of Chi-Town? Um, I, I think the Cubs are going to go get a bat, but I think it's going to be more of a power bat. I think they, they want more power. Although, I mean, they do need a leadoff man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need some bullpen help. It's, they have this, the budget that we, you know, we talked about so much on the offseason. They're a wild card right now. It's hard to, it's hard telling. Mm-hmm. I mean, Whit Merrifield would be perfect. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy who can play center field. He can lead off. That would be the perfect fit. But it seems like Kansas City wants the world for him and the Cubs can't get it. And by the way, that's, really weird to me he's going to be like 33 34 by the time the next time the royals contend why would you not just try to stock up on your farm mm-hmm. system but yeah it's, but uh i don't know about Villar. uh they, they could use somebody similar to him who could lead off it, it's tough like as you can tell i'm kind of tongue-tied on, on the Cubs because it's it's they're, they're a wild card right now you love a leadoff man. You love bullpen help, but they don't have much to give. They don't want to give much from the upper levels, so it's tough. It's tough to tell. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox were Sunday night baseball last night. I don't think the Red Sox are going to catch them. I mean that that's asking a lot. No, but the way the Yankees have pitched this past week, and it started in uh, uh, in the Twin Cities, and sure they scored a bunch of runs, but they gave up a whole lot more. And then Friday, Saturday were a disaster at Fenway Park. I think they've given up forty seven runs in the last week. Starting pitchers for the Yankees have given up forty seven runs. That is incredibly difficult to do. Uh, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of great players. Do they? have the pitching and do you expect that maybe the Yankees are the team that's going to make that big move I don't know if it's Madison Bumgarner but something to solidify that rotation as they wait for Severino to get back maybe in September yeah it's funny they have such a huge lead but it seems like so many things have gone wrong for them recently uh I 
I, I feel like they have to get something. You, you can't count on Severino to come back. You can't count on Herman her to be a guy in October. You can't count on almost anybody else in the rotation. Like I, You felt like Paxton was going to put it together at some point. It's but awful. Man, it, he, anytime he faces a good team, it gets battered. So yep. it, it's, it's just you think about having to face an offense like the Astros or the Twins, somebody with a lot of power in the postseason, and you just feel like they're just going to get too battered. Um, and it, like I said, it feels like so much is going wrong for them. Part of that is the Giants have gone 18-5 and five in their last 23 games, and now it might be hard for them to justify selling mm-hmm. because I feel like Madison Bumgarner would be a really, really good fit there. You've got a left-hander. You've got a guy who has been proven to rise to the occasion, shine when the lights are the brightest. He feels like he'd be such a good fit there. Um, but you just don't know if the Giants can justify selling right now. So it just feels like a lot of things have gone wrong for the Yankees. You, you do wonder, did they were they really not keeping up on Stroman? Because a lot of people have said the next package for Stroman was underwhelming. Um, and the Yankees could have sold more than that. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting situation for sure. A lot of teams out there looking for bullpen arms, bullpen help. The team that had four guys that felt like could help there. The Giants are back in it. Could the Giants be actually going out now and adding pieces to this team? Are they in that position? Gosh, I really don't think they should because they're still not in playoff position. And let's say they get to the wild card game. It looks like right now that might be against Max Scherzer. Mm. We have a (laughs) one-game playoff against Max Scherzer. (laughs) If you win that, then you get to play the Dodgers in a five-game series. It's hard to see... This isn't the Padres, who, if you make the playoffs, that's a victory. This is a team that's won three World Series a decade. Not winning the World Series, is it really worth it to go for it and buy? To me, that's a no. Um, I've also seen the perspective, though, where where, uh, some fans have said just having the chance to knock the Dodgers, their biggest rival, out and prevent them from winning the World Series again. When the, the Dodgers go to the World Series, they've gone to the World Series the past years. They go to the playoffs every year. They still haven't won it all. I can understand from a fan perspective, man, the chance to knock the Dodgers out, we've got to take that chance. If you're in the front office, you have to be more level-headed than that, though. The odds of the Giants getting past the wild card game and then past the Dodgers right. are astronomical. <laughs> That's it's for sure. better for the the long-term well-being of the club, it would be better to get to, to rebuild the farm system by trading Madison Bumgarner, Will Smith, Tony Watson. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, is our guest. The Cardinals are hanging around. They've got the Cubs coming up. A big three-game set starts tomorrow night. Cubs are awful on the road. Last time they won a road series was the 17th of the 19th of May uh, against Washington. I think the last 10 road series, they're 0-9-1. Remarkable. But the Cardinals hanging around. Trevor Bauer, seemingly a guy that could that could go either way, right? The Brewer, the Indians rather, might swallow hard and keep him, or they might have, yesterday might have been the last straw in Kansas City. Um, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Cardinals, I think, yeah. need a starting pitcher. Bauer to the Cardinals. What else do you think the Redbirds are looking at? Um, they're tough because while they don't have like some glaring weakness, they have a bunch of guys who it seems like should just be better. Um, you look at the bullpen and you're like, oh, they should be okay. But I, I I would guess starting pitcher and somebody in the bullpen, maybe 
it, it might be time to try to find like uh, another team who views a guy as a bad contract to flip for Matt, Matt Carpenter, maybe something like that. Uh, I, I've heard floated Will Myers for Matt Carpenter, and that hmm. maybe a change of scenery there would get Will Myers going, something like that. But overall, for almost the whole year, you said, gosh, you have a lot of guys who should be playing better. And it looks like they just started to play better. I know they lost the series to the Astros, but that's the Astros, and they're awesome. Um, this is like the most surreptitious run to first place I've seen. You know, it just you you were thinking about Cubs, you're thinking about Brewers, and all right. of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, the Cardinals aren't first. It was just weird how that happened. But, yeah, I agree on a starter and then probably solidify the bullpen some. Um, other than that, they they should have the pieces in place. They just need to get healthy and for everybody to, to play up to their capabilities. So David Stearns a couple years ago comes to Milwaukee, kind of mixes things up, rebuilds the farm system. But, boy, looking at some of the prospect lists over the weekend, seems like that Milwaukee, they've called a lot of the guys up and not nearly as deep as I thought. How much flexibility do you think this Milwaukee team has? Not much. Yeah, I, I think I believe didn't Baseball America put them last? Did yeah. they really? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so not that much. And, I mean, somebody like Keston Hira – is somebody that would attract a lot of interest, but man, they can't deal him. Yeah. They don't have so few guys in their He's unreal. producing. Yeah, they have so few guys producing consistently. They have to keep him. So uh, Corbin Burns last year was a big name, but yep. he's been awful this year at the big league level. So I, yeah, I don't think they have much, but man, they've got to do something with the rotation. The rotation is in shambles, and uh, it looks like the Cubs and Cardinals are going to end up being in better shape. Uh, hey, the time is now to do whatever you can if you're the Brewers. You went to the NLCS last year. The window's not going to be open much wider. I mean, Lorenzo Kane already looks like he's in his uh, age-related decline, which is a shame because I love Lo Kane. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, this window isn't going to be open much longer in, in, the, in a market like Milwaukee. You've got to trade whatever you can to get uh, last thing for you, you got thirty seconds left, Matt. Um, when, Wednesday's the day. We all seem to think that there's going to be a lot of movement. That there's going to be some major names moving. Might we be wrong on this? That we, you know, we set the expectation bar so high that it comes way underneath. And what do you expect? Is it going to be busy between now we and might. Wednesday? I think it will be, but we really might be wrong uh, in thinking that there's going to be so much movement because there are so many teams that are close enough to to consider themselves contenders that there might not be enough sellers. And even a lot of the obvious sellers, like the Orioles and Marlins, just don't have that much to sell. Right. So it, it might be disappointing. I, I'm I'm hoping for a lot of movement, but it really might be disappointing. Yeah, the Tigers seem to be that team that's just uh, atrocious, that has some parts that uh, the teams... <laughs> uh... Shane Green, Castellanos. Yes. Some good names, no doubt. Hey, Matt Schneider, thank you for doing what you do for us. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Matt. Sure thing. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He covers uh, MLB. We'll take a time out, come back and finish the hour in the 11 o'clock hour. Dylan Montz on Iowa State. Scott Dockerman on Iowa. We take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent, until 30 seconds ago, I thought Gabriel Iglesias was a singer. You you were thinking about indifferent Iglesias. He yeah. sang uh, Hero. 
Yes. We won't hear and it. One with a bunch of guitar in like a. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah that and he guy. was married to. Uh, Anna Kornikova, yes. I think, right? That sounds right. So I thought we were giving away tickets to see him. The singer. The singer, but we're not. We're not. No, 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 no. We are Ron giving Iglesias. Away. Yes, Gabriel Iglesias. We got tickets this week for this big man. It's level six. You see walking towards your elevator. <laughs> oh, hell No. <laughs> This is Gabriel Iglesias. He is a comedian, a large man. Okay, I kind of feel like we drew the short straw. I'm going to give these tickets away. No, no, this, this is guy's good. good. He's really good. This is probably, I would guess, one of the top performing stand-up comedians in the world right now. Really? Yeah. I mean, he makes, you go to Netflix, all his specials are up there. He makes a ton of money. He's a big dude, and he's funny. I, I'd seen the guy before I'd saw his specials, like, in Beyond Comedy Central, I flipped past it. And finally, one night, I told you my mother-in-law was coming to town. Mm-hmm. This was, I don't know, like a year ago. And she goes, no, you really got to watch this. So we watched one of his specials one evening. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. He'll be at the State Fair. August the 14th. Funny dude. Okay. And we got tickets. So what are you, first caller right now at 284-5966? That sounds to- fair. Spell Iglesias? Is that- no, you don't have, <laughs> you don't have to, do, have to do anything. Let, let's take caller five, though. I don't think we'll get five. You don't think we'll get five? Free tickets to watch a hilarious comedian. At the fair? Look at this. Look at the lines. Look at the lines. That's crazy. (laughs) Color number five. I will be your hero, baby. (laughs) Wrong one. Wrong Wrong one. Uh, We'll come back the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to do a lot of Iowa and Iowa State uh, conversation. Uh, Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune will kick things off at 11.15. Uh, 11.35, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Trent and I, we come back. We're going to take a quick peek at the NCAA.com's first attempt, at least we assume it's the first, don't remember it happening last year, their official top 25, what they got right, what they got wrong. Miller and Condon coming up uh, with the 11 o'clock hour next on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 K.